Alright guys, welcome back to episode 5 of Prime Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour, here with your host, Chris Story. So just wanted to touch base on a few things before we start today's episode off. The first being that you guys are probably pretty aware now that we've entered the so-called flu season. Exactly, what the fuck does that mean? Well, supposedly, we're meant to be protecting ourselves by getting a flu shot or a flu jab in order to upregulate our immune system to protect ourselves from this uh, so-called dangerous flu that's appeared out of nowhere. What a load of bullshit. What a crock of shit. This is just propaganda, guys. This is just lies being force-fed to us by the medical matrix, by Big Pharma, in order to really poison you, weaken your immune system with some genetically modified organisms that has no benefit whatsoever, but yet people still fall for it. Now, how do we naturally power up our immune system? Well, we do so by increasing our endogenous production of glutathione. So what is glutathione? Well, glutathione is the maestro antioxidant that's involved in pretty much every pathway, every detoxification pathway within the body, within the liver. Now, how do we increase glutathione? Well, few ways, but one of the easiest ways is to supplement your diet with a real high-quality, grass-fed, preferably organic, whey protein, which is going to have all the amino acids in needed in order to help synthesize glutathione internally. Now, this is exactly what Vitruvian protein, Primal Alchemy's flagship protein superfood powder, has within it. We source the highest grade organic whey protein that we can find on this planet. And we're not just making that up. We source our whey proteins from the Austrian Alps where the, uh, where the cows are fed grass all year and grass finished. And this is going to completely affect the amino acid profile of the whey pro- protein itself, which is going to be one of the best sources of nutrients to get into your body to help increase your internal production of glutathione, let alone the adaptogenic herbs that are also um, mixed in with the powder itself. So you're going to be really empowering yourself on a cellular level to be able to cope with the external stressors you may be facing at this time of year. Now, just remember, by listening to this podcast, you will get an exclusive discount. If you use the code REDPILL, that's the code REDPILL, you'll get 10% off anything within your shopping basket at checkout. So just keep that one in mind, guys. And if you want to be fully powered this Christmas season, we've got you hooked up. We've got you sorted. Okay, so moving on to the next episode of this podcast series, we have our guest, Miss Melissa Lacey. Now, I know Melissa personally. Um, Recently, I've been traveling back and forth to London on business, and Melissa is someone who I've met along the way. And yeah, she's, she's a great, she's just overall just a great human being, guys. She's got a heart of gold. She's switched on. She knows what's up. She is a health coach, but she specializes within the gut microbiome. So what we're looking at here is the effect of um, 
the bacterial colonizations in the gut and how that affects us as a holistic being. And yeah, this this chat that me and Melissa have is uh, we go pretty deep. We talk about a, a multitude of topics. Uh, we go over the life changing event in Melissa's life that took her from being a up and coming model to really flipping the switch and just changing her life path altogether. We talk about her experience with ayahuasca and how that really um, awakened her to her true spiritual essence. We then look further into the whole topic of the gut microbiome, some probiotics to look for in terms of supplementing with them, what's going to work best, what to avoid. We cover other sort of more esoteric topics such as sun gazing, uh, the proper sort of water that you want to be taking into your system on a daily basis. We talk about our both of our practices in terms of intermittent fasting that's just to name a few we uh we pretty much covered full spectrum here of what it means to be living the optimal life with optimal health and uh plenty of little tips along the way that you can pick up just keep uh keep some mental notes or if you need to just have a little pen nearby where you can jot down uh some of the things some of the little truth bombs that get dropped um here and there from my from myself and Melissa and yeah as always guys I really appreciate any feedback you can give me if you can drop me a review on iTunes on YouTube on Instagram if you want to DM me personally at Primal Alchemy UK anything anything you guys can do in return will mean the world to me and will help me improve this show so that I can bring on people that you want to listen to I can cut things out that you don't like, like me blabbering on for the past five minutes. I'm not going to know. I'm not going to know unless you tell me. So please try and get in contact with me somehow. If you listen to this and you resonate with its message, you know where to find me. But other than that, guys, thank you for listening. And let's just get this shit underway. Time to get woke as fuck. So episode five of the Prime Alchemy Red Pill Initiation Hour. Let's get it. Let's get after it. Let's transcend. Yo, let's go. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. As above, so below. What lies without resides within. Time for growth to begin. Mental, physical, and spiritual We find balance with all three As we focus on totality The whole, not the half This is for those on a spiritual path Looking for the clues to the answers of life But the truth ain't always nice So leave your ego at the door Let your inner lion roar And your spirit soar As we go deep down to the molecular level Tap into the body with some yogic breath Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test Like the shamans of old We use the nature to heal With a little bit of DMT to reveal This whole life journey is a little surreal And your mind needs a leader Not a follower in life Let your mind be the master And you pay a hefty price This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to empower with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by Prima Okami the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth
Five, three, two, one, and we're live. All right, great. Welcome back, guys, to the episode five of Prime Alchemy's Red Pill Initiation Hour. Today's guest is uh, Miss Melissa Lacey. How's it going, Melissa? Hey, Chris. I'm great, thank you. How are you? Very well, thank you. So, as I mentioned in the prologue, me and Melissa have uh, developed quite a quite a good friendship over the past few months, and yeah, I've really been looking forward to having you on. Uh, a great mind, a lot of shit that we can talk about, and I think what would be good is that if you could just give like a little bit of a, a little bit of an introduction to yourself for people who's not familiar with your work or or you in general, and yeah, we're just we're wing it from there, Melissa. Yeah, sure. Thank you. Um, so I've been back in the UK now for two years and um, set up my own health coaching business where I help people who have got health related issues with their gut. Um, and I do that on a one on one basis. But before that, I was traveling and I spent a lot of time in India where I was kind of learning about the ancient healing techniques, um, different traditions around the world um, and kind of just sitting a lot of a lot of the time by myself and doing a lot of introspective work, a lot of meditation, a lot of yoga Um because before that, going even further back, um, I was modeling in London and I kind of got to the point in my life where I was just thinking there must be more to life. This question just kept going round and round in my head. There must be more to life than this. Um, I was partying a lot, mixing with the wrong people and just kind of got to a bit of a, a dead end in my heart, if I'm honest. And I ended up leaving London, leaving my home, leaving my little dog at my parents, leaving all my friends, uh, leaving everything that I knew. And I just took off and went to India um, in search of something. Um, And yeah, so that basically led me on what I thought would just be a month doing a yoga retreat. It led me on a three and a half, four year journey um, into spirituality, into into looking at different aspects of health and how they affect our um, mentality. And um, yeah, and then I came back here and put it all into some sort of practice. And now I'm I'm helping people with what I've learned along the way um, to become healthier and happier in themselves. Yeah, it's great. I remember the, the first time that we um, we really sort of connected and we were just talking about our own sort of awakening process and sort of milestones within our life that really sort of um, that you can really look back on as pivotal points of change and you were telling me about your uh, your ayahuasca experience which I think would be great just to be able to open up with and tell people your experience because it it sounds like it really was one of those moments in your life that was a real eye-opener and directed you on a completely different path than what you may have been expecting to be walking on, uh, advancing with up until that point. And just before, uh, just before you go in on that, for anyone who's not aware of what ayahuasca is, it's a, it's, it's, it's an indigenous plant medicine that, um, that has been used for thousands of years with, through a multitude of different um, indigenous cultures around the world. And what it, what it is, it's an oral form of DMT. So that's dimethyltryptamine, which is pretty much the world's most psychoactive 
uh, chemical known to man at this current period of time. Now, normally DMT is something that if you were to consume it in a way to eat it, because it is pretty much in everything that's grown on this planet, there are there are uh, minute quantities of DMT in it, but we break it down in our stomach. So what the these indigenous cultures have cleverly done is that they've found plants that work synergistically in that one plant would have the DMT content and another plant has a what's known as a, a monoamine oxidase inhibitor. And what this does is it allows you to orally digest and metabolize DMT so that you can have the effect of this, the the sort of the, the spirit quest that it brings on. And it's, um yeah, it's been a fascination of mine for a long time. And when people I come into contact with people that have had ayahuasca journeys and experiences, I always kind of just sit back with ears open because it's interesting because everyone's journey is unique, but there seems to be a central underpinning message that everyone comes back with from the journey that they uh that they travel when when undergoing these um sacred ceremonies so yeah melissa just um if you wouldn't mind i think that would be great for you to be able to tell people your sort of experience first going into it where you're at physiologically psychologically and spiritually to where you exited fit like physiologically psychologically and mm. spiritually mm. yeah i i totally agree with what you're saying it it, it was a a total spirit quest as it were I wasn't looking for that at the time um because this was prior to my India journey this was actually back in 2011 and I was on um I was on a bit of a trip uh with my ex-fiance and we were in Thailand and it was all very much of like just just a bit of an adventure holiday and um not looking for anything but I think you know, there's kind of a saying within the ayahuasca circles that it will find you when you're ready. Um, and I definitely feel like the plant medicine came to me um, in Thailand. So we were we were just staying at this place called the Sanctuary, um, just off of Koh Penang. And um, a, sh- a shaman was there and talking to us about this plant medicine. And we decided we were going to we were going to prepare and, and do the ceremony. Um, and at that time, as I say, I really wasn't looking for anything outside of me. I was happy in my job at that time and, you know, had, had a house and I was engaged. So there was nothing typically wrong in my life. Um, but I sat down with the, well, you know, <laughs> they, they always say this, but there obviously was something that wasn't quite sitting well with me because I knew in my heart of hearts that this relationship wasn't meant to be. But I was too scared to leave it. I was absolutely terrified to to leave the relationship. Um, mm. And I sat down with the plants in that evening in this beautiful temple in the jungle. And I remember saying, please, please don't don't show me that I have to leave this relationship because I'm just too scared. Anything but that. Um, <laughs> and so I took I drank the medicine and it was so beautiful. You know, it was just like. And there was an altar and there were flowers and everyone was dressed in white and it was just a really beautiful feeling. And I sat down and I and I drank it and nothing happened. About an hour went by and the shaman who was playing music and blowing this um, beautiful kind of smelling smoke and um, 
uh, banning the wood. I forget the name of it, the Palo Santo. Um, and we all went up to have another cup. And I sat down thinking, oh, this is this is just not doing anything for me. I don't have anything to learn. <laughs> and little did I know, two seconds later, I felt my spirit body shaking inside of my physical body. And, and it was trying to get out any way it could. It was just trying desperately to get out of the, out of the physical form. And it shot up and out through, through my shoulder. And then I was in the spirit body and I was just shooting up through the atmosphere, up through, up through the sky, into space, past the stars, just everything, just just an extreme movement upwards and it felt like absolute ecstasy and I met with the light and just exploded into this light body where there was no spirit body there was no physical form there was just everything all-encompassing absolute oneness Um, and it was the most incredible feeling I can I can describe it was um it was almost as though every single cell was having an orgasm and it was just the most insane feeling. Um, and at the same time, I was aware of my physical body back on back on uh, the ground in the yoga shala. And I was aware of the physical body not being able to cope with the sensations of pure bliss. Um, it was almost too much to, too much to stand. And with that, I fell back into the physical body and then I descended into hell <laughs> so it was like this extreme um extreme contrast of experiencing oneness bliss there was no other there was no you no me no anyone else there was we were all this one experiencing life through these many different forms um and that it was it was really then that I saw that this whole um earth experience is a play a play of the one light moving through everything and uh, it was it was almost like a beautiful relief to see that it is all a play it is all a big drama but of course then you, when you come back into the body and you realize that um <laughs> you realize that it's a game that's meant to be played like a video game you're meant to fall fully into it and fully play it with all its might and feel the feelings so um you, you forget about the oneness experience pretty quickly <laughs> but then going back into back into the ayahuasca the the experience of hell was so real and so painful um that I actually ran out of the yoga shala at one point and the two shamans were chasing me through the jungle because I was trying to run away from this feeling of just um, pure dread, pure, uh, it was, it was extreme fear. Um, and I, and I saw the ayahuasca was trying to tell me to move on with your life, to move in a new direction. You have to leave this relationship that you're in. And I was too scared to. And don't ask me why. I don't know why I was so scared to leave this relationship, but I really was. Um, and the ayahuasca was just fully showing me a mirror and saying, you have to leave. Look, look, this is you have to leave this relationship. And I was ignoring it. I was I was determined not to look at this message. And all of the time I was determined not to look at this message, the fear grew bigger and bigger and bigger. And I think now looking back, it was a reflection of life. And it's like if you ignore the messages that life's, life brings you, things get worse and worse and worse until you're willing to look at them and face your fear and face it head on um, with courage. 
So I think ayahuasca just ramps up the intensity for you. Um, so you can really take a look at what it is that you need to deal with in your life. Um, so this this ayahuasca trip went on for eight hours and it was terrifying and beautiful and um, it had every single emotion and experience wrapped up into it. Um, but just to kind of conclude with it, when I when I came out of the ayahuasca experience, I realized that I had to um, I had to go ahead and leave this relationship. But it actually took me three weeks to come up with the courage to do it. And in those three weeks, I thought I had gone mad. I was emailing top professors in um, the psychedelics field saying, I think I've been overdosed. I think I've taken too much. Um you know, I need help. Da, da, da. I really thought I'd lost the plot. But it wasn't until the day when I decided, OK, anything, anything is better than going through this fear, living with this fear in everyday life. Um, I actually said to the, my fiance at the time, I said, you know, this I don't feel this can go on anymore. And that day, the fear dropped everything that had been haunting me for the last three weeks since the ayahuasca, it all just disappeared. And it taught me just this massive lesson that you really have to listen to yourself, listen to your body, face your fears and and take the, take the leap and take the jump. You know, and you hear a lot of the time when people do ayahuasca, they, they end up leaving their fiancés, leaving their jobs. And I feel like that happened to me um with this and it was such a such a powerful awakening for me doing the ayahuasca wow that's yeah i mean it's amazing the effects that it can have on you right it's whenever you listen to people's stories it is like although they're very unique like i was saying they all have like a central underlying theme and the majority of it is to teach people to detach themselves from their who they identify as uh, before taking the medicine uh, to to really let go and let go of the fear and it's the fear that can manifest in many different ways in your life and obviously for you the, the fear was to really confront your heart's desire or your heart's your heart's wisdom your heart's intuitive wisdom it knew but I mean, yeah, it can it can be hard sometimes because yeah, love makes you love makes you do crazy shit. It makes you it makes you second guess yourself. It makes you it makes you turn your back on your own intuition and your oh, own yeah. higher self sometimes. <laughs> and it's a hard one to let go of. But so many life lessons that are that's compacted into like a, an eight hour trip, and definitely, definitely, I can I could only imagine. How uh, what it must have been like to be running through the jungle? It's literally like a movie scene. The shaman's <laughs> chasing you, and you're just like your mind's just in in the in the deepest depths of uh, Dante's Inferno. You're just deep in hell, and uh, the only way out is for you to uh, for you to confront the dragon, for you to con- face your fear yeah. and accept what is known in through what I promote a lot, Joseph Campbell's um, hero monomyth, it's you You finally accepted the call to adventure. Uh, you, you accepted the, you're, you accepted destiny's uh, 
hand that it put out for you mm. let go of the fear and then you went through the the death and rebirth cycle the death of the old melissa and the birth of the new and the obviously as with ever as with most deaths the actual process of death is painful but once you come out the other side you start to see the truth and it was um yeah it's it's a it's a great story and from from there where what did that lead you to then so obviously you had your your setup as a model and in like a in like a real um a, a, like a real professional model modeling agency in london you had obviously you're saying about your house and your fiance so once you put that aside like where did where did life take you then and how did you get into being like a, a very well respected like health and life coach that you are now <laughs> yeah it's quite quite the contrast really but it was uh so I went back from Thailand I went back to London and you know I, I tried to carry on with the job and and fit back in and, and carry on with it all but I think from that ayahuasca awakening and seeing the truth of who I was the truth of who we all are um there was just this seed that had been sown and 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 this was what this was at the point where I kept getting this repetitive thought that there must be more to life. There has to be more more to life than this. Um, you know, and I tried to again, it, it's it's like a psych a cyclical theme that I tried to push that thought out, you know, and, and just get on with life and just do what everyone else was doing and work hard and but but it, it kept coming up, it kept coming back at me and I fell in with the wrong people and you know and I and I just felt like this I've got to get out of here this is this is not for me anymore I need to go and like find who I am you know I've seen it I've seen the truth of who I am but I need to I need to actually find that for myself away from a plant medicine I need to meditate I need to find I need to find spirituality. I think I think that is what I was looking for at the time. And this was this has now moved into late 2012. Um, and so that's when I took off to India. And um, and I really went on this kind of journey of trying to find who I was away from all the labels, away from the model, away from the fiance, you know, all of all of these labels that we put on ourselves. Yeah, for sure. So when you were out there finding yourself, I think I was, uh, I think I was going through my own little transformation at the time, 2012. I think I was doing, I think I was in my, my freshers year at university, just getting fucked up and doing oh, wow. dumb shit. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's around the time where I, st- I started to go through my own sort of metamorphosis where I started getting interested in the, uh, the spiritual side of life yes. apart from like putting all the alcohol and shit aside and all the dumb shit yeah I started getting interested in the in the esoteric in the in the uh looking looking at what the real what my what's my purpose here like what's what's the point of this and like you said earlier it's it really is like a spiritually powered video game that we're in and Yes. And I look at that sometimes when I see your beautiful artwork on on your protein powders. It's just like when I see that artwork, it reminds me of the things that I've seen in the spiritual realms. Um, And it's just like, wow, this guy, he knows his stuff. (laughs) Yeah, it it reminds you of your true home. It It reminds you of uh, 
where we spend more of our time than we do in this life. This life is only momentary. It's a, it's it's only a it's only a blink within the uh, within our soul's eternal yeah. nature, and we spend most of the time in that realm, in the in the higher realms, and then we take some time off where we want to experience the third dimension. We want to try out some new things, learn some new lessons, and then we reincarnate. <laughs> And then if you play life correctly, you learn the lessons that you're supposed to and it's a good life. Or you can you can uh, give in to fear, forget that you're God playing the video game and then it then it feels like it's a fucking hard life. Yes. And it's the uh, it takes something like ayahuasca, it takes something like a something that really it's a it's a rea- you need a reality um dissolving experience or a reality shattering experience where you can see behind the veil and it's and it's in that moment that it opens you up it might not be something that has an immediate effect but it will definitely change your life in the long run because then you've always got that experience where it's not something that you've read in a book it's a direct experience and no one can take that away from you you can have all the scientists in the world telling you that it's just the um it's just a result of certain neurochemicals reacting with each other in your brain and that's all it is but it doesn't matter because you still had that experience nonetheless you still got blasted into hyperspace and united with your light body and yeah those chemicals might be what are happening on a neurochemistry level but on a deeper level that happened for you and that would totally change your worldview it would totally change the way that you uh go about life and it's not one of those things that you even maybe have to do multiple times like some people are called to it on multiple occasions like it doesn't necessarily just have to be ayahuasca you can smoke uh 5-methoxy DMT which is the 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 sort of harder hidden version of DMT you can you can do other sort of psychedelic substances and theogenic um compounds you could do psilocybin so like magic mushrooms you could do peyote san pedro uh ibogaine iboga there's you can even take cannabis in 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 oral form um where it gets converted into 5 5 hydroxy metabolite um mm. thc which is fucking strong and that will send you places and you can use all these different tools available to you to really travel into the inner space and we've got an obsession with outer space that the answers to the universe and the answers of to our happiness are out there somewhere it's always on the external we're always looking for external validation but the internal world that's what's that's what modern day has modern day civilization has no interest in exploring but that's where that's where the the treasures that we seek lie it's on the inside and we're just terribly inadept to to um navigate in those realms so that's why we look to these ancient cultures these ancient civilizations who were who they they put a lot more time and effort into exploring those realms and there is a lot of insightful shit that they come back with. And we kind of just, we think of them as primitive because they haven't got the latest iPhone X or an electric toothbrush, but they, in ways they are so much more advanced than us. And 
it's um i think it's always hum it's a humbling experience when you when you go to these places like for me when i was when i traveled to nepal it's like on paper you look at them and they i mean from a westernized perspective they're savages but from a human perspective they're they're light they're light years ahead in terms of their in terms of their spiritual wisdom and their humanistic qualities that they that they project onto everyone with no bias and yeah it's such 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 a powerful um the awakening process can be so powerful and it's it's always it's always interesting listening to other people's journey and yeah so from from there when you went through the um through this sort of series of events to change your life like how did you how did you get into like the actual area you're in now like what what was the steps and what's what's been what's been your findings so far like what are you what are you uh what's your main sort of area of research that you're really sort of enjoying and delving deep into mm. at the moment that you think that people that are listening could really benefit from if they were to integrate some of these um mm. some of this knowledge some of the principles and protocols into their day-to-day life do you know it's it's funny that we're now leading into this subject because you know going back to the the tribal cultures we, we, you were saying they're, they're light years ahead of us in terms of the spirituality and, and, and the knowledge that they have in that area, but also in, in health as well. You know, they use, they use very kind of limited amounts of foods, but they're all nutritionally dense berries and nuts and foraged foods. And they will, they'll, they'll find the medicinal mushrooms in the forest and they'll hunt for this beautiful honey um with all these amazing properties and i think we're we should also be going back to the way they are eating and they are nourishing themselves nutritionally with all the all the foods from nature so they're ahead of us in that way too and we think they're primitive um we need to we need to start learning from the ancient tribes really on in terms of health um yeah so what i'm my main focus is gut health um because i really do believe that mm-hmm. most of the issues people have are down to the their gut health or lack of For sure it's lack of so it true. um you know things like skin disorders um mental disorders depression anxiety um all of these kind of different topics of issues that come up in the body can all be related back to the gut. Um, so that's really my main focus. If, if someone comes to me and they say, oh, you know, I've got really bad eczema or, or psoriasis and um, I've got really bad skin, um, you know, do you have anything that you could recommend for me to put on it? You know, I'm not going to be recommending creams and ointments and things like that. I'm going to be giving them a, you know, a really good healthy diet plan, um, whole foods, healthy fats, um, some supplements to help rebuild the gut lining. Um, you know, it's the gut skin connection is is so evident now and the gut brain connection as well. Um, people with mental health disorders, uh, you know, it's been shown that people with, say, even people with OCD, they found that if they're lacking a certain bacteria in the gut 
it means that a person can be more prone to something like having OCD, like the, the microbes in our gut actually can affect our personality. I just think that is phenomenal. Our personality is affected by our gut bacteria. Wow. You know? Yeah, it's t- t- totally vibing on that. And it it's uh, it relates very well to one of my one of my sort of idols who I look up to yeah. great quote of his uh, a guy named Manly P. Hall, who was a Masonic philosopher. And yeah. he came out and said that we are the gods of the atoms that make up ourselves, but we are also the atoms of the gods that make up the universe. Right. So if you think of us as like on like a fractal scale, like these bacteria that are inside of us, are they, they have, there's more of them than there is of us like our whole being is the sum total of all of the bacteria living within us and are they good are they bad are they controlling you yes or are you controlling them are your day-to-day actions are they are they your true intended actions or are you are you serving a hidden master within you or hidden masters yes and it's it's so important i mean like you were saying about the the gut brain or the yeah the gut brain connection your um your brain is when it's um when it's being developed in fe- in fetal development mm-hmm. uh it's made from the same connective tissue or the same tissue as the as the gut itself it's all part of the enteric nervous system it's connected by the tenth cranial nerve the vagus nerve and like ninety percent of your body's production of serotonin it's all in the gut so people are looking to to reverse um these sort of i get these neurological um disorders or like depression anxiety and they think that it's all to do with the brain but a lot of it's to do with the gut and the bacteria that are in it and it's also it's not just so much the the bacteria that's in it like that plays an important factor but it's the environment in which the uh in which the gut is which these bacteria sorry are surrounded in and which they live and are they going to thrive or are they in survival mode it's the exact same um principle if you were to as above so below you put a human into a group of shitty other shitty humans in a shit environment (laughs) <laughs> it's they're probably going to end up being pretty shitty and it, they're not it's not going to be too good for the environment as a whole they're probably going to destroy it they're probably going to rape it of its um of its uh natural resources and mm. then it's going to be a dead land a barren land whereas if you give humans a good environment to live in in order for them to thrive then that's where the magic happens and it's the exact same within your gut so like what sort of foods should we be eating in order to really optimize the gut microbiome and the the environment for these bacteria well i i work a lot with people who have autoimmune disease and i often see that with the autoimmune there's always a gut related issue so i'll often remove things like sugar from the diet because um sugar feeds the inflammation and inflammation is the root cause or the root common denominator, sorry, of um, most disease. So by removing sugar from the diet and that's, you know, we are so 
like we just don't know all of these hidden sugars that they're, they're in bread, they're in yogurt, they're in pasta, it's rice, you know, all of these grains, they turn to sugar in the body. Um, and there's a really fantastic film. I don't know if you've seen it, Chris, it's called um, That Sugar Docu- That Sugar Film. Have you seen that one? Uh, no. It's really well produced. No. It's quite mainstream. It's it's quite easy to watch. Um, it's just a really good film that kind of shows you the the kind of uh, progression of this guy who who it's a bit of like the the guy that goes on the super size me diet, but he does it with sugar, and it shows him how his personality changes, um, and it shows how this girl who is having really bad she's a little girl I think she's about nine years old she was having um, real mood swings and tantrums, and they took her off sugar. And obviously she went through the detox phase to start with, which made her tantrums even worse. Um, But when she came out the other side and she was eating whole foods, you know, like um, good fats, like avocados and um, greens Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, nuts and seeds and all of these beautiful kind of whole fatty, hearty foods, her mood stabilized, her parents couldn't believe their eyes. Um, and it was just such a, a physical demonstration of how food is is not just something that we get physical pleasure from eating. It's nutritional information. When every bite we put in our mouths is information that is sent to the cells of our body. It's it's it changes our brain chemistry. Um, and it's what really lays the foundation for the microbes in our gut we we need to also be feeding them the right food so prebiotics um have to go into our system too and they come in the forms of things like sauerkraut fermented veggies kimchi um even some some foods containing inulin which is the prebiotic fiber which is found in chicory root um but i really recommend to my clients like removing like take gluten free. I was working with a girl and she had celiac disease, suffering with severe bloating, um, terrible mood swings, um, feeling really down in herself, really itchy skin. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, don't eat anything that says gluten free on it because it's a gluten free freak show like out there in the supermarkets. You know, you go down the aisles and it's free from this, free from that. You turn over. It's got all these crazy ingredients in um, labeled as healthy, labeled as gluten-free. Um, and I think they're probably doing a lot of damage as well. So my personal advice would be to get back to the whole foods, get back to, uh, you know, like the oily fish and eggs and organic, 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 wherever possible. Cause so many pesticides and, um, hormones that are sprayed on our veggies and meats, mm. um, so that the animals that eat the feed that have got um, antibiotics in that then goes into our gut. And of course, antibiotics wreck our gut. It absolutely wrecks it. Um, medication wrecks it. Uh, even, you know, the way in which we're born can change the way our gut behaves. If we're born through C-section, we miss that vital, um, we miss those vital bacteria that we would get when passing through the birth canal. Um, breastfeeding, all of these things affect our or have affected our microbiome. Um, so really making sure that we have the right bacteria in our system is, for me, the most important thing I can recommend. Yeah, for sure. And it's, um, it's interesting as well, because like you were saying about all these fake foods, 
that just wreck your gut biome and then don't nourish it for the actual good bacteria that's in there it's um what what's what's the sort of uh, again if, i don't know if you would notice it particular bit of information but what sort of um what's the beneficial strains of bacteria that we should be looking to include like obviously the main ones if you go and buy like a a standardized um, probiotic from the shops. It's going to have like acidophilus, lactobacillus in there. Are those are the main ones or variations of that. Are there any ones that you've worked with that you feel are beneficial? Any ones that you know of that no one's talking about at the moment that you feel would be beneficial at all? So, I mean, I, I use this, I use the one with lactobacillus in because it produces GABA. And obviously that's the, um, it's like the, the happy neurotransmitter and that is what um serotonin is is made from so i think this is the main one that i'm i'm looking at when i'm recommending it um but you know we can go on to places like dr mccola and i work with a really good company called vsl3 um who for me have done absolute wonders I, I started taking their product about seven months ago and I actually I think I should probably go back to telling you about how I got started in gut health mm-hmm. um, because I, I I don't know if you know I suffered from horrendous depression probably since the age of about 13 I've had on and off depression anxiety um, suffered through eating disorders bulimia anorexia um I'm really now looking back I wonder if it was all down to the fact that I had um insufficient gut bacteria um I really do I I really just think if someone had handed me a good dose of probiotics would I have gone through all of that kind of disruption throughout my life um because having taken them now for the last seven months you know I have been so clear-headed. There's been no brain fog. There's been no depression. There's just been clear-sightedness, which has been absolutely phenomenal to experience um, a life where you just feel focused. Um, and it's all down to all down to the microbes in your gut, which, like you say earlier, are they controlling us or, or are we in control of them, you know? Um, yeah, it's a tough one to know. It is, isn't it? Because, like, if we've got four to six pounds of um of bacteria in our gut and if they're off or if they're unbalanced then i mean it stands to reason that we are we're gonna we're gonna feel off so i started using um probiotics because of my poor gut health and poor mental health um and i'd been to see all these doctors from around the world. I can see the Dalai Lama's Tibetan um, doctor and the Himalayas. And you've been traveling to all these different places. And uh, I had terrible IBS. I had terrible constipation. Um, and it was really mentally affecting me. Um, and it actually wasn't until my boyfriend now said to me, You're, you've got similar um similar symptoms to my mum I think you might have IBS and I was like no no I don't have IBS no 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 that's rubbish he was like no no seriously I try try these out so I tried these um this VSL3 out and literally within three days it's like the clouds had parted I don't know if um you know when you've done a, a a juice fast or a cleanse or a water fast and you know when you kind of get to that euphoric state 
and, and you just think like, oh my God, are people living like this? <laughs> and it, I, I got to that state and I was just like, wow, is this what normal people feel like? You know, like, is this how people feel like every day? And I've just been living my the past 29 years feeling pretty rubbish. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I mean, they, I've personally seen that they can have such an amazing effect. And even with my clients, you know, when they run out um, of their probiotics, they'll call me up and say, oh, I'm feeling a bit down. Mm. Well, when was the last time you, you know, you're still keeping on top of your probiotics? Say, oh, uh, I ran out about a week ago. Like, well, there's, yeah. there's the issue. Let's get those good bacteria back in your gut. Yeah. Um, do you take any, Chris? Uh, to be honest with you, I've done um i've gone through i've tried a lot i've tried a lot of different brands a lot of um a lot of different styles like you can get you can get a you can obviously get probiotics which are the actual bacteria themselves um you can get prebiotics which are like food for the bacteria because it's all well and good um it's all well and good having good bacteria in your body. Like if all you do is just take a good back, like a probiotic formula, but then you still eat a shitty diet, then you're just wasting your time and money because yeah, you're, you're going to start to colonize these good bacteria in your gut, but then they're going to fucking starve. And then that's, and then, then what? Then it's just, yeah, you're wasting your time. So it's, I've been looking into symbiotics, which are like a combination of probiotics and prebiotics. And also, um, it's kind of, it's interesting to look at when you, when you're doing like probiotics is something Mm. called HSO, which is hemostatic soil organisms. And this is, I think this is a real good form of probiotic to go for. It's something that I've been, um, that I've tried from a few brands and I feel like that should be like one of the, the gold standards as such for a a probiotic formula if it's going to be pushed through for any brand um but it's interesting like you said about the uh about growing up as a as a kid and going and having these sort of um mental issues mis- misalignments as such that it's not normal for it's not normal for a kid to be like that and you it's it's closely correlated and probably directly cause cause causated by um, the food that we're fed, like the food that we're fed as kids nowadays, it's not the same food that humans are meant to grow up, grow up on. If a kid is just being fed processed shit, is like their whole life through fast food, through all the shit they sell in the supermarkets, through following the guidelines of the governmental food pyramid that um, that creates a supposed healthy diet it's there's nothing in there that really nourishes you on a cellular level so it's no wonder that these kids that kids now are start that from the ages of like 11 and 12 they're taking like ritalin they're taking prozac they're taking all they're taking like these serotonin reuptake inhibitors in order to help their supposed uh depression you can't be fucking depressed when you're a kid and it's 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 so interesting the way that um the effect that the that the powerful effects that the that the the gut has and obviously if you have some of if you have like irritable bowel syndrome um you have like these 
um, extreme sensitivities within the gut lining or an impermeability of the gut lining, uh, yeah, it can lead. It can lead to. It can lead to so much. To so, to so much adverse health effects. And it's interesting how there's things that you just wouldn't, that you would never guess is to do with your gut health. Um, like some some symptoms that will arise, but then you, you delve deeper into it and the root cause is more so than not in um, in your gut. And these, again, these ancient civilizations are new about this, like going back to ancient Greece with Hippocrates, he's like the father of medicine. He understood that most illnesses arise in your gut. And I feel like what it is nowadays is that in direct comparison, if we look into ancient Greece, for example, the ancient Greeks had in terms of like health, well-being and medicine, there was two gods that made up their um, who they kind of looked up to to kind of guide them through life with health, um, health, well-being and medicine, which was Asclepius, which was the god of um, which was the god of medicine and his daughter Aia, which was the goddess of health and well-being and what we find is that uh Esclupius was more of a reaction-based solution where he where he was like all about like re, yeah reacting to to um to an issue like surgical procedures shit like that and then Aia was like a compendium of like re- nutritional sound nutrition and um how to go about your day-to-day life control your environment that would ultimately they knew control the cells within you and over time um i eat the the knowledge that Aia was based upon it began to fade and people began to um really sort of only be looking into asclepius into reaction-based medicine as their main route to uh, what they believed as health. And you can take that deeper and look into the masculine and the feminine, the overpowering of the world today is the masculine energy. And we've kind of drifted away or we're not in balance with the feminine energy. And now all that we think of is of Aia and what she stood for is hygiene. That's where the word hygiene comes from. And we think due to, um, Louis Pasteur and the the germ like the germ theory that he come up with in that we're just going to catch germs and get ill like that's that's not it's that's not how it works like it's proven that's not how it works it's all the it's the environment inside of you plays a massive part with this and if you have shit health if you have a shit gut then that's when you're going to start getting ill you're going to start to attract the, the growth of more bad bacteria, which is going to lead to inflammatory responses in the body, which is going to lead to oxidation. It's, it, it's all, it's all stems from the gut. And like I was saying, these ancient civilizations knew this and we've just, we've fallen out of touch a bit. And because we're so obsessed with hygiene now that it's killing, we got to kill all bacteria. We got to have hand soaps that kill 99.9% of bacteria. Like, that's what, what are we doing? We're just neutralizing all the bacteria, good and bad. Like we're supposed to be out. We're supposed to be dirty. We're yeah. supposed to be out on soil. We're supposed to be getting these different microbes from all around our environment that then have a symbiotic relationship with us. And if all we're doing is just having this obsession with hygiene, having this obsession with being of clean of cleanliness, we're uh, we're we're really wiping out an essential part of ourselves mm. with 
without really knowing it, just because we've been taught that germs are going to make you ill. So you have to be, you have to, you have to destroy every germ in on present on your body or control it on the, on your in exterior environment. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's true what they say, you know, get out in nature, it's, it'll relax you, take your mind away from all the Wi-Fi and everything. But on top of that, like getting out into nature is is the reason, you know, we need to get our feet into the soil. We need to get our hands dirty. We need to get those soil microbes into our gut, like our, our gut microbes and the soil, they communicate Um and it's like you say, we have to get out into nature and we have to repopulate our body by getting these microbes on our skin, on our in our nails. Um, it's it's so very important. I love that story that you just told. I've, I've never heard that one before. You're, you're quite into your uh, mythology. I really enjoy them. Yeah, the, the all the mythologies of the ancient world, they all encode vital information about ourself and it mirrors our own internal world and if you understand how to read mythology correctly then there's a lot of secrets to be unveiled but you just have to understand how it was intended to be read and not read it literally um but yeah it's again it's it's so important because it's like again on again like a holographic fractal level are microbes controlling us are we just the microbes of the earth we're yeah we're connected to this earth but we spend so much of our day unconnected to it we wear rubber soles on our on on the sole of our shoes and what and that doesn't allow the the electric um i the electrical ionic exchange from the earth to us to be really become part of it and we like how often like on a normal day-to-day life if you were to work a nine-to-five job you're going to wake up in the morning so you're in your house you're going to go downstairs make a coffee put and then get ready for work put your shoes on go to work you're going to be on your feet all day you come back you take your shoes off when when in the day are you actually connected to the earth and if we get if we're if the batter if our sort of electrical mains of how we recharge is by connecting to the earth then we're spending all our days by having energy expenditure but we're not getting charged on a fundamental level by reconnecting with the earth. It's only rare that you see people barefoot on the actual ground itself. And if you do see him, you're like fucking hippie. You're like, what are you doing? Like, have some decency. It's uh, so true. It's yeah, it is. It's so true. It's like, if you see anyone that that's walking around barefoot on the street, which is an extreme rarity that you never would, but even if, okay, you go to a park and you see some people barefoot, you're like, Oh, fucking weirdo you have to wear some shoes put your socks on and it's strange and it doesn't even have to be our feet that's connected you can do it with your hands you can do it with any part of your body just being connected mm. and it's interesting that when you see these uh you see these cultures that don't have that dogmatic view and their uh their health's completely different they're always connected to the earth and by being connected to the earth it's like it it really um it really facilitates the your your guidance from your intuition and then because of that they intuitively know what to eat what to what to drink what to do it's like they have like an internal compass that directs them to nourishment 
and and nourishment that the body wants that the earth is communicating through them in messages in through electrical messages being being passed through the body and that's again it, it relates back to the shamans they've got they're out in the amazon creating these brews of ayahuasca and there's millions of plant species in in the uh in the amazon rainforest in the jungle yet they somehow know the two plants that work synergistically together to be able to have not only the DMT in there, but also the harmaline, the alkaloid that is the monoamine oxidase inhibitor, the two plants out of fucking millions, and they know. So how do they know? And they'd say, when you ask them, the plants told them. And how, what, what does that really mean? Well, it means that they're connected to the earth. They spend all their day connected to the earth they don't really wear shoes out there they they've they got well-developed feet and yeah they're always connected to the earth they have the sun on them all the time they're getting photons they're getting solar energy they're getting light codes information from the sun into them which directly then sort of amplifies the connection from the earth in which they're connected to so so interesting and it's our disconnection from this that we yeah, that we fall into ill health um, and beyond, beyond, um, or I should say before no. we even get into like gut health and we get into being in a ketogenic state, being taking all the supplements in the world, the foundation should be what it is. It's a foundation. You should be attacked. It should be connected to the planet through what really powers us on a cellular level, which is photons and electrons, photons, light particles from the sun and electrons from the ionic exchange from the earth that we're connected to from being around natural water sources. They, that creates an ionic um, influx within the atmosphere. That's why people feel peaceful when they're around the sea, the ocean or around by a waterfall. It's the ionic exchange that, you um that's like a transfer that you exchange with the environment that it it creates an anti-inflammatory response it it's donating electrons to you giving you energy and then yeah from there that's where we begin to progress and we begin to uh you can then start adding in the your sort of your sort of intermittent fasting which is actually something we can go on to because we were talking briefly about this before you uh before we started airing uh so you've just started doing your intermittent fasting right i have and it's been it's been amazing i just want to just jump back to the point that you were saying about sun gazing um sorry sun because i want to bring up sun gazing it's uh, like wow amazing amazing tool to use and when I was in India and it's funny because I actually lost my shoes three times and I thought okay this is a this is a signal that I'm yeah it's a sign you know like I'm gonna go without shoes like one time I was on the beach the sea the 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 tide came in washed my shoes out to sea with with the tide um lost them another time I was in the jungle and the the uh thong bit that goes through your toes it broke so I was like do you know what I think that I'm just meant to not wear shoes right now so I went for about a month in India probably not the best place to do it but where is um without shoes and I did I felt this huge connection Mm -hmm. to the earth huge huge and you know I had the vitamin d on my skin every single day and I had the, the sunshine going in through my eyes and we're told 
you know, wear sun cream, block out the sun's rays, wear sunglasses, block out the sun's rays. And it's like, no, it's just staying in the sun for too long. It's putting sun creams on our skin with all the toxic chemicals. But then the sun comes along and permeates and we absorb all of these toxic chemicals that are basically cooking on our skin. That's what is causing sun cancer, uh, skin cancer. Um, but when I, you know, I, I haven't worn sun cream for, I don't know, five or six years. Um, I just don't stay in the sun at its hottest. And I, you know, I get my vitamin D naturally through the sun. Um, so yeah, that along with sun gazing and, and walking barefoot, I just think, wow, it's, you're so right. These are powerful tools, natural tools that these tribal people, um, they do naturally. Yeah. And that you, they don't, you don't see them out in the Amazon with cancer, with diabetes, with autoimmune diseases. They're, they're sound, like they're, they're cool with their health. And then we come over there and try to impose our westernized paradigm of what we believe optimal health is. And then if, when, when that does happen, it fucks them up. It, like, it literally <laughs> just wrecks their body and yeah. they become ill very quickly. They've got like everything that you need for optimal health is right here the universe didn't just um it's not doesn't make it hard for you but it's literally right there like you're part of the earth you're part of the sun like the the sun is our solar consciousness it's what gives life it's what creates light within this um within our solar system and to to sort of separate ourselves from it it's fucking stupid and yeah like you were saying with the uh with the sun gazing such a powerful tool but we're told that if we look at the sun it makes us blind and again just bullshit bullshit propaganda that's been fed to us to stop us from realizing our true connection with the earth because once we realize our true connection with the earth it changes it alters our state of consciousness it changes who we are and then you start to see the bigger picture and it's the sun gazing if i'm if, to break it down for people it's it's important that if you are going to start sun gazing don't go in and just start looking at the sun at midday because the the uv radiation concentration is going to be too high and it's probably going to fuck your eyes up especially if you've got weak ass eyes you need to be doing it ideally when the uv concentration is very low so normally this is going to be upon sunrise like an hour um, after sunrise or an hour before sunset those are your two sort of markers that you want to sort of aim for and it's it makes sense why people are naturally drawn to a beautiful sunset mm -hmm. it's like it's encoded within us to just stop stop with what you're doing and just look and then just watch the sunset and not only are you seeing something that's very beautiful um but at the same time it's also empowering you it's charging you up on a cellular level and that and that's what it does like you you start to you start to um you, you've got like a, a photopigment in your in your eyes called melanopsin and you begin to you begin to activate this which then leads to again a multitude of chemical reactions through the eye canal up into the brain and you start to activate areas of the brain that have been led dormant for for decades of just abuse decades of just unknowingly disconnecting yourself from this source of energy and yeah it's so important and when you and when you and and it is a source of energy you know it's uh it, it is a like you say it's a source mm -hmm. of energy like food is a source of energy and 
I think a lot of people find, I know I did when I was sun gazing, I felt full. Like I, I wasn't as hungry. I, I genuinely felt like I was eating the sun's energy. It was such a, an amazing experience. Yeah. And a lot of the, a lot of the, um, superfoods of the world that people, um, that people sort of really, um, vibe with and the ones that they see the most the most beneficial effects from really what they kind of are are a physical or edible light like these superfoods they they have certain phytonutrients in in for example like spirulina or chlorophyll where it like it literally absorbs light and you're it's it's holding photons so when you consume it you're getting those photons directly into you and it's it's again it's understanding how the body really works and we're only just beginning to ask those questions that these ancient civilizations have had answers for for thousands of years but it's only because we're starting only starting to realize that that we're starting to see the true benefits of taking these sort of superfoods these nutri- these um, nutritional powerhouses that have like a real um deep intrinsic value and nutritional density to them that it's so much more beneficial than just, yeah, just taking some bullshit processed food that's not going to give you any form of nourishment on any level of your being. And the sun, the sun gazing, again, like you're saying, plays such an important part. It's, it's, it's yeah. something that would have been, it ignite, it, it, it literally reboots your circadian rhythm or at least recalibrates it. And it would have been part of our natural day-to-day life we would have we would have risen with the sun and we would have afterwards we would have when um we we would have it would have been it would signaled when the sun was going down that we would have uh that we would have been calling it a night and then that's why the that's why all the ancient religions they're at their cords they worship the sun like the sun the sun god is um has been used throughout ancient history through many iconic uh, religious figures, the Jesus, the Son of God, the Sun God, Horus, the Sun God, um, all all of these ancient uh, religious figures, these icons, they're all almost an analogy for the Sun and the the journey that the Sun goes through to give life, and how it is how it goes through a death rebirth cycle every day, every, every time it at do- um when the sun sets is the death of the sun god and then it's reborn in in the when it rises in the morning uh very interesting on the the effect that the sun has on our physiology and our psychology and on our spiritual um self as well it's very closely related to us on a spiritual level and uh yeah there's so many tangents that we can just that we can fall down we can talk about the go back in what you're what we were going to talk about the intermittent fasting but also with we can also talk about circadian rhythms and it ties in very closely with the sun with the with blue light uh, how that when the sun now drops naturally we shouldn't have blue light entering our eyes but now with the with the excess um, availability of technology We've now just bombarded with all these unnatural wavelengths of blue light that fuck us up. It fucks up our circadian rhythm and it makes our body think that it's day when it's not. It's nighttime. And then that has a lot of adverse effects that sort of it's like a chain reaction through the body. But um, 
yeah, we can we can we can jump back into that. But with the intermittent fasting, I'd love to know what uh how your experience has been so far and what you're getting up to with it. So I've just been doing the eight uh, sixteen. Uh, so I, I keep my food intake uh, from I think I start around about eleven thirty, and then make sure that I don't eat anything from um, seven thirty in the evening onwards. And then I have a sixteen hour break, which includes obviously. Um, the time that I'm asleep as well. Um, and yeah, I've, I've, I've found it been absolutely amazing in terms of my energy levels, just getting into the, letting the body get into the state of autophagy, where it's the, the cells are having that space and time to really, um, reset and, um, you do do the jobs that they're meant to do instead of all the energy of the body being constantly focused on digesting food um what kind of what fasting do you do chris yeah i'm pretty extreme of it i mean i bet I, you are yeah. <laughs> as, as evident uh yeah I, I i've done i've kind of worked my way through it like when i first started doing intermittent fasting i was doing the like the 16 8 window which is all like you you have yourself an eight hour eating window and then you go 16 hours of the fasting state um at the moment in time i do anywhere between a 20 hour mm. fast of a four hour eating window to a 22 hour fast and a two hour eating window and then within that eating window like my main diet um is going to be heavily focused on what an ancestral diet would have been like this is what i believe to be the optimal diet if for human beings which is to be first you're going to be fat adapted from being in a fasted state and it's just going to be literally it's going to be um animal fats and fat soluble vitamins like that's literally what we would that in our prime in the hu in the hu in our history our prime would have been when we were hunting megafauna so before about ten thousand years ago oh, yeah. the end of the last ice age when the megafauna went extinct and the development of agriculture was um, really started to be prevalent in in the world. That's when we started to see the rise in these autoimmune diseases, when we started to see the rise in these neurodegenerative conditions. And it's it's food that's not natural for us to consume on a day to day basis. We really like we we were evolutionary. Uh, we evolved on animal fats, meat organ meats and fat soluble vitamins and then we would have seasonal fruits and vegetables like it's just not natural to be to for example to be winter here in in the uk but to be eating a summer fruit like bananas because if your, your body's like yo what the fuck it's like i thought it's winter here and you're and you're eating you're eating a fruit that's not naturally um, available in the environment that you're in so what is it you're sending mixed signals it's like are you connected to your environment and yeah. your local environment or or not and because of that 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 starts to manifest in in health issues yeah. and misalignments but uh yeah going back to the to the fasting sorry for that little bit of a tangent um yeah the 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 20 hour fast and the four hour eating window is good for me i think that's a good one you can go a little bit more extreme for me, the 16 and 8, no. which is like a good entry point, I think is good to get people to disconnect from their need to feed all the time in order to be thinking about food. And then once you get used to that and you and you start to 
realize that you don't have to be controlled by your animalistic impulses of feeding all the time in 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 that scarcity mind frame where you where you're not oh, no, i'm not gonna have no energy or i'm getting brain fog shit like that um once you get past that then yeah you really you really don't you don't really need as much food as it's made out to like you literally like you said you get the energy from the sun so sun gazing you get the fats in so you have the dh the dha the co the cosahexaenoic acid uh in in your diet in order to be able to absorb photons and accumulate those photons you um earth you're grounded you're getting you're getting electrons into you're having proper structured water that's going to be like the what's known as the fourth phase of water which is essentially water that holds a negative ionic charge it donates electrons to you and then you have the food well chris can i just jump in here there was there's a website and it's called find a spring have you used that one yeah yeah, yeah i think yeah. that's yeah, awesome like actually getting water and it's a, it's a fun adventure you know going out finding a spring taking your bottles and and actually getting water from the earth where it's charged it's it, yeah. wow what a what an yeah. experience true and it's and it's 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 a it's an amazing experience because most of the time you have to they're not just they're off the beaten path to go collect this so you have to do a little bit of an adventure you go fill up your water and it just connects you to that whole process of being part of the earth like and it's uh the only thing that i've got an issue with when it comes to that sort of spring water like that is that today it's the spring water that we're consuming is not the same spring water that our ancestors would have been drinking. The same as like our food is not the same. It's like the soil is diff completely different. The mineral content in the soil, the, and it's the same with the water. Like uh, there's a lot of it where it's got, it's contaminated. It, it can be, you can find it to be contaminated. It can be um, contaminated with, if people pollute it with, xenoestrogens from that leak out from bottles that just get thrown into it you've got the total dissolved solids that play a part if, if it's like heavy water um there's a lot of variables to take into it that just makes um for a start that find a spring website is great it's definitely something that people should be that should be at least trying just go out one weekend when you're when when you've got some free time just try it just go collect some water to, um work with it experiment with it See, like uh, okay you've got some fresh spring water that's good but now there's levels to it um you may want to restructure the water you may want you may want to um you might may want to get a a machine that cr that makes it a that creates a molecular hydrogen water um that's really good that's like a intracellular um antioxidant that's really um beneficial for us there's you again and a water ionizer in order to add that negative ionic charge to it but ideally to to without confusing things find a spring.co.uk find a local spring or well and then you want water that is naturally been flowing in vortexes like when you see it crashing over rocks and it creates like a miniature vortex that's the water that's charged. That's the water that we need, that we're naturally accustomed to consuming. And that's proper nourishment for the body. And you can go deep for anyone who is interested in really looking at the, um, 
the I guess like the spiritual connection, but more so what real water is, and it's not what we've been led to believe. You want to search up um, a guy who was really like the Nikola Tesla of water, and his name is Victor Schulberger, and in very interesting, a lot of a lot of interesting conclusions that he come to from his work that's been suppressed um, through certain interest groups for the past no, for, it's for a long time and his work is starting to come out into the open now and you can really understand what water is about like water has memory water holds memory it holds frequencies it holds information so what's what's your what's your water that you're getting are you getting water from that's been um it's it's simple little things like there's studies uh Man, what's, I'm gonna I'm gonna feel bad now because I forgot his name. Oh, Doctor Emoto. Yeah, Doctor Emoto, that's the one. Yeah, and he, he done he done tests where he shows that water, um, given certain intentions. So there was water that was concentrated and f- with hate, and it was there was like phrases that was placed in the water or uh, that represented hate and disgust. And then there was another sample which was shown love and the intent of love, and put um high vibrational like emotions in the water and then it was it was like flash frozen and the crystalline structure of the water was very different and apparent between the two the hate one was like a distorted looking mess and then yeah and then you look at the one that was filled with love and it was a harmonic sacred geometrical um pattern and that's the sort of information that your body reads your body your body understands this subtle language and just because at face value you don't you can't perceive it your cells can perceive it and they understand the difference so it's important to be taking in the correct information if you're if you're drinking shit quality water with heavy pollutants in chemically that's been chemically altered that's got fluoride in, just to name a few, this water is sending you information that's distorted. And in return, your body will react and become distorted because of it. So yeah, little tangent there, Melissa. But yeah, it's um, it's definitely important for people. And just going back to the fasting, like how, how long have you been doing it for? You know, I have been playing around with fasting for so many years. Um, I've done 10 day fasts. Um, I've never done a dry fast though. Have you tried that? I've done it for two days. I've done a two day dry fast, which was interesting. The general rule of thumb is, oh fuck, I might be butchering this, is that a one day dry fast is worth um, the same sort of physiological response as a two to three day long duration fast, something like that. Um, so it's it's an extreme thing to do and you have to be very careful with how you're doing it but if you do it properly a proper dry fast where you don't consume any water or come in contact with any water so you can't shower or anything like that um, then yeah there, there's there's benefits to it for sure and as with as with most forms of fasting the only thing that I find when people are like um, I don't know if this was the same for you when you said you did a 10 day fast. Was that like a juice fast? Yeah, that was a juice fast. And I wouldn't actually recommend it for anyone yeah. now. But again, 
because it's it's one of those things that just gets sold to the public. It's like yeah. oh, I'm doing a tea, I'm doing a tea detox fast, <laughs> I'm doing a juice fast, and it's like it doesn't fucking okay. work. It doesn't do the same thing. It's like you're still taking in as long as you, if you sugar. get uh, if you yeah it's sugar and you're get, literally you're getting sugar and you're you're not allowing your body to be in a fasted state because you break the fast as soon as yep. you take it so then all you're pretty much yes. doing then is just going into a calorie um restriction zone where you do get totally. some benefits and you're you'll lose some weight but you're, you're just feeding your body just on sugar and it's not it's not actually gaining the benefits from the uh from the fasted state so again something yeah, something for people to take into account when if they're thinking of doing a fast, it might be worth what I would suggest is that you get yourself it, it, it takes a little bit of a while this I would, I would suggest for everyone to at least try this see if it works for them if it doesn't then fuck it whatever back to the drawing board but most time nine times out of 10, this is what I would go for is that you do you get yourself into a fasted state, you get yourself into a fat burning state where you make that metabolic switch from glucose dependency to ketone dependency. Once you have entered that fat burning state, or just before you enter it, then you do a fast, you do a, a three day fast, I think that would be a good place for someone to start where three days without eating, just consume liquids, get the sunlight in, get the grounding in and you'll be fine and that would be a good way to really shift your body into a state of ketosis and then and how would how would they know um when they're in a fat burning state what's a good barometer um, yeah there's loads of different signals that you could um that you get most of the time you're you're just fine that to compare the two would be when most people are in a glucose dependency. It's the same as like if you're um, ignite, if you just say you've got a campfire, but you constantly have to keep feeding the fire tinder in order to keep the fire burning. Like every two hours, it starts to fade and go out. Like that's that's an analogy of a glucose dependency state within the body where you you have to eat every two hours or so in order to um, take care of the insulin response. Uh, or the lo- or the low blood sugar level that you get. So, what people normally find is that when they they have breakfast in the morning, and then by t- ten, eleven o'clock midday, they're starting to feel hazy. They're starting to feel a little bit tired. They're starting to feel a bit like fuck. My, my energy's running low. I need a pick me up. I need a coffee. I need I need lunch. And then they eat that, and then the same thing. They have like a mid afternoon snack, and then they're going to have dinner, and then they probably have something to eat before they go to bed because they constantly feel the need for energy. Whereas when you're in a ketogenic state, a fat burning state, you don't have those um, signals. You don't you don't have those cravings for food. You can easily go throughout the day. Like if you are busy in your day and you and you're just not around food, you're not going to feel the need where you're like, "Fuck, man, I need to eat." It's all psychological. It's like, or it would be, a, you wouldn't need, you wouldn't have those triggers to be like, oh man, I'm feeling low. My blood sugar is low because that's not, it's not apparent within the equation. You're running off your, your body's breaking down its own fat storage in order to produce ketones, which you're using for energy. And you would normally, you would feel it physiologically and psychologically. You wouldn't feel the brain fog. You wouldn't feel tired and you wouldn't feel the, the underpinning um, desire for food. That's, other than that, there are other subtle changes, but that's something that you become more aware of intuitively once you're in in it. And it's harder to explain unless you're actually in it where you can relate to that 
relate to it if that makes sense no definitely and and going into the fasting state what do you think people can expect from like what are the benefits of fasting that you found for me it's apart from the physical like the physical side it's good because it just get like you said you have that cellular cleansing of the autophagy you have um is anti-inflammatory in nature it allows your body to utilize a lot of the energy that we use a lot of the energy that we take in from eating food all the time is then directed into metabolizing that food in order to create more energy so it's like a fucking city feed uh, city clo- loop that you're stuck in whereas when you're not eating all the time the energy that you do bring in it can be used for loads of other functions within the body. So you you upregulate the the physiological processes in the body to to a higher standard and a higher level that allows you to experience a better sense of well being and vitality in your day to day life. But uh, for me, the benefits are more so psychological in that you it just teaches you to be to be to have some discipline and control and not just to give in to the initial trigger or urge is in like oh man i'm hungry i need to eat and then you just fucking crack and then submit to your to your animalistic self or you need to feed and eat instead of just having the discipline to be like no i don't need to eat this is my fucking parasites inside of me that are starving that are triggering me to feel to think that i need to eat but i don't need to eat i'll be fine i can i can live without eating and for me i feel like i've I prove it just like as other, just like other uh, practitioners and people that are pursuing this right. in that you can get in good shape. You can hold good amounts of muscle mass and be strong as fuck in a fasted state. Like I upload videos regularly where I've, where I did one recently where it was like, I was 72 hours deep in a fast yet I was doing a workout and I was lift, I was doing like a high intensity workout where people would be like, yo, where the fuck are you getting that energy from, bro? And it's like, well, you make it. The energy is always there. You just got to learn how to tap into it and not be dependent on, on these, uh, on these sources of energy that we've been programmed to believe is the only source. Um, yeah, for, but for me, it's it's discipline. It it gives you discipline, and once you learn that you're more powerful than you could ever believe in terms of the mental fortitude and discipline you develop, that leaks into other areas of your life. And by not having to constantly feed and eat, that's a lot of time that you've now got available. So think of all the time that we take preparing food, eating food, cleaning up after food. That time could then be used to... I don't know, make a business plan. I don't know, watch something that's going to help you progress in life. It's going to enrich your experience of living, uh, of living. And maybe it might be a career move. Maybe it might be you're applying. You've got more time to apply for some job that you've been looking for. You've got more time to learn a new skill. You don't, it's, it doesn't necessarily have to come in just the form of a, of a, um, a physiological response. For me, it's the, it's the benefit that it brings uh, and a holistic benefit. I could not agree with you more. I think it's, it's, it does wonders for the body, but for the mind as well. It's, um, it's about that discipline and it's about realizing that maybe I'm eating because I have an emotional, um, response to life and I'm trying to, um, get my dopamine fix by reaching for the chocolate. Um, I'm going to admit that I'm guilty on that one. (laughs) 
but um but yeah and it's it's really about learning how to self-soothe and look at these emotions coming up and um rather than try and eat them away really kind of meditate on some stuff that might be coming up for you and think well is it is it something that I can work through is it something I can put pen to paper with and sit with or let the or just let the feelings flow you know let them flow through the body and just be the witness of it and enter into sort of a meditative state with it um, rather than trying to you know medicate with food drugs alcohol sex um it's about the discipline of it all and I, I totally agree with you on that one yeah it's again it it works on subtle it works on very subtle levels as well as very obvious levels and um for everyone that's listening i would say give it a try just just take yourself out of your comfort zone a little bit and try something that it's a little bit out of the ordinary and see how you fare like look into being able to switch your body into a ketogenic state look into um just doing a little bit of fasting even if you just do one day a week just try it just for one day maybe on a saturday just be like okay i'm just not going to eat today and just drink your fluids and just make sure that um maybe maybe get some minerals in there's so actually going into this there is some important uh things to know about um when you're fasting in that if you take minerals mineral uh, mineral supplement or something the mineral supplement is not going to break your fast so what I do personally is I take in the morning when I wake up is that I drink a concoction I make of shilaji, which is, I don't know if you, do you know that, Melissa? Do you know, I'm actually doing a trial of shilaji at the mm-hmm. moment for um, a company in Australia. It's funny you mentioned that. How are you finding it? Yeah, I've, I've been taking it for a long time. Like it's one of my staples that I I I have as a non-negotiable. It's It's part of my day to day like I think it's one of the most powerful um things you can ingest in on planet earth and it's um it's starting to create a get a bit of a back in there like people Mm. are starting to understand it what its uses are and I discovered it when I was out in Nepal because that's where it's sourced from it's sourced in the Himalayan mountains or the the best it can be it can um it can be sourced from the Atai mountains the Caucasus, the Caucasus, the Caucasus. I uh, can't say it. Fuck. Um, yeah, it's sourced through a different, a uh, few different mining regions in the world, but the best is from the Himalayas. And when I was up in Nepal, this is where I discovered it. And there's so many benefits to it. It's um, apart from the the minimal uh, the the mineral density of it. It holds very special substances such as fulvic acid or humic acid, and that is one of the best potentiators of health and vitality that in nutritional science at this moment in time yeah. in the effect that it has in being able to dilate the cellular membrane the dilate the permeability of it that allows these nutrients to go directly into the cell um it just it powers up everything that you take with it and it's not going to break your fast. So you wake up in the morning, you drink this, you can have, if you want to add some other things to it, like um, I do some, like a, a pine pollen extract that I make myself. So then you're getting this superfood pine pollen that then having the sort of shilaji act as a delivery mechanism where all of that's going directly into your cell and it's not going to break your fast. And that, it's going to charge you up and then 
um other things that i would think of when you break your fast it's probably good to know that whatever you break your fast with you're telling your body that that's your preferred source of energy for the for the rest of the day or the for your current um in the moment situation of your body's um operating system so i would normally break it with something like normally i have like a glass of apple cider vinegar with some lemon and lime squeezed in and then i would have um some some, something rich in omega-3 fatty acids um i would have a lot of like free range um organic eggs fried in butter something like that so you get some saturated good saturated fats in some good cholesterol some good um some good omega-3 fatty acids as well and then you're just sort of telling the body is in like look this is this is the sort of um this is the energy that we want this is the energy that we want to run off and this is a good source of it and then it just it just like kickstarts the body then into being in a to up up it's fat thing. definitely and uh yeah what's what's the brand by the way that you're for the shilogy mm. i'm intrigued oh let me grab it i think it's um <laughs> it is golden shilogy the power of the himalayas okay and it's um it's the resin right so it's the black resin yeah it's super sticky and it tastes like pipe tobacco <laughs> Yeah, it, it it tastes like it's awful. It ta- <laughs> yeah, it's um normally what you like. When I first started taking yeah. it, when I was in Nepal, I was kind of clueless to it. And I was just I was like eating, like literally just put like taking spoonfuls of it and just eating it. Now, obviously, you don't really want to do that. One because it tastes like shit, and second of all because that's like mega dosing it, and you have to be kind of careful with shinji because it's so concentrated. So. Yeah, mix it with a little bit of tea, or no, not tea, but with hot water, and it just allows it to dissolve in. Um, but yeah, it can be a little bit messy because it is like sticky as fuck. Um, and how long did it take for you to uh, start feeling the benefits of this? Because I'm trialing it for thirty days, so not not long at all. Like f- for me, yeah, for for me, it's um, I'd probably say within the first week, but then it's almost like an accumulated effect where the more you take it, the more you really start to feel the effect because you you become more sensitive to its effect. And um, But then again, I also take it with other things. So it's hard to judge if it's the Shilogy or if it's the other things or just a combination of the two. But um, definitely something that if someone's going to take fasting seriously, um, Shilogy is a good shout. And uh, another good thing to probably take with when you're fasting um, that's not going to break your fast would be something like a, a, a real high quality uh, matcha, matcha tea, um, a ceremonial grade. That's that's a good thing just for the um, just for its effect that it has on like people know the effects that green tea has on like fat burning. Well, the matcha tea is going to be the highest grade green tea that you can get hold of that's not just the tips of the leaves but the whole leaf itself so you get a much more um complete spectrum of um the the phytonutrients within the plant so that's that's important to have and uh there's there's a multitude of things that you can experiment with but the ba- the basics is just to get people in just to feel comfortable with not having to feel like they have to eat all the time and 
I'm sure like how, how long did you say you've been doing it for Melissa so far the fasting um I've just been well I've been playing around with it for years but I've been doing this uh, 16 8 one for the last week and a half um and I've already dropped like four pounds um I wasn't even looking mm-hmm. to lose weight but it's amazing to see you know how much of my time I was obviously just eating um mindlessly um and yeah and I think I think it's quite a good tool for people who do want to drop a few pounds because you you tend to condense all your calories within to one space of time and your body just has more energy and time to digest and metabolize fat so it's it's a pretty good tip um which doesn't involve like you know paying ridiculous amounts of money to different companies to send you boxes of rubbish <laughs> Yeah, that's it's so true. And most of the most of the great health hacks are ones that are essentially free. Like intermittent fasting is free. The sun is free. The gra- grounding is free. Proper water should be free. Um, yeah, this again. What's the um, just one thing? Because we are getting past the 90 minute mark now and I know that you I know that you said that you're busy before this and so keep tracking our time um what's your what's your sort of um experience with this Lumilite or is that what it's called the thing that you've just got yeah yeah that's a really good point actually going back to the the sun and how we were talking about it before um yeah so I just purchased the Lumilite um because obviously the dark days um now we're in in the winter months uh, I think it's really good. I've actually got it on now. Um, it's about 50 centimetres away from my face and it's super bright and it just replicates the, yeah. the sun's rays. And I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It, it More than anything I've noticed, it got when it started getting really dark, I started feeling super sleepy around about 3.30, which is probably quite natural, you know, like it's probably quite a natural thing. But in our society we're very focus driven and we want to get things done and we can't be taking a nap at three o'clock in the afternoon realistically although it's probably what you know the tribal people would do is start to wind down as the sun as the sun gets lower um but since using since losing using the light um i have noticed my energy levels have crept up more and i've been able to get a lot more done um so yeah, I'm actually in about in the middle of the trial of this at the moment as well. So I will I'll let you know how it goes towards the end of the month with it. Have you tried it yourself? No, I was interested in it when I when I saw uh, when I saw you post about it. I was like, yeah. oh okay, this this thing looks pretty interesting. And I and I heard it. I've seen similar things to that in the past, but it wasn't something that really picked up much steam because sure. it wasn't like it, people weren't really focused on circadian optimization at that time there yeah. but now that it's starting to become very apparent the effects of a um an uncalibrated circadian rhythm or distorted circadian rhythm even that things like tools like that can be very beneficial especially like you said in the winter months where the where especially in england where it's like hard to see with the with the sun with our sun ex- or exposure to the sun yeah. um yeah it can be very beneficial definitely and they've they've also got this other thing that i'm interested in it's like an alarm and it, instead of it waking you up with an abrupt ringtone um the light just gradually gets brighter and brighter and brighter and it's replicating the sun coming up 
um, and it just wakes your body up really gently, naturally, just as the sun would do. Um, so, yeah, that's another thing that I'm looking into purchasing. So obviously it's super dark in the mornings as well these days. Yeah, that's that's actually a pretty good idea how it does that to replicate the um, this exposure to the sun in the, mor- the morning sun, the morning rising. Yeah. And what's the brand called? Um, the one that I'm trying is called Lumi, L-U-M-I-E. Okay. Right. So, um, yeah, let's, as much as I, as much as I could easily just keep, uh, blabbered on with you, Melissa, let's, um, <laughs> let's bring, let's taper this in because we are like 96 minutes deep into this now. Um, so one thing that I always end the podcast with, with any of the guests that I have on is I ask if you could advise one physical, mental or spiritual practice or protocol that you'd feel wouldn't for the listeners to uh integrate into their life that you feel would have the most benefit what would you choose oh that is so <laughs> tough wow 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 um uh i think i'm gonna have to run with the theme and say well it's the category of health because it really genuinely does affect everything else um and like you said earlier you can't just be throwing probiotics on top of a a bad diet and a and a permeable gut which is leaking all sorts of stuff through into your system you've got to you've got to heal the gut and feed your body the proper stuff and then put the probiotics on top so they can do their work um i'll go with probiotics um yeah, I will. I'll go, I'll go with them because I, because of yeah. the personal benefit that I've seen in my own life and, um, and my clients that I've been working with. But, uh, yeah, you have to have to heal the gut first. I, I fully believe that I'm on, on the same page as, as you with that. Cool. All right then. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, it's been great having you on, Melissa. It's all, it's, it's always good when we connect. I always feel Definitely. like we've got like a sound vibe and it's it's just yeah. easy just to chat shit. And we're both of us are pretty well versed in uh, most things when it comes to health and well-being. So, yeah, great having you on. Before we uh, close this one up, what uh, for everyone that's listening, like where can where can they catch more of you? I know you've got your new website that's to be released soon. Uh, what about your so- social media handles, etc.? Just tell the guys yeah. where to catch you at. Thanks, Chris. Um, so yeah, my website's going up soon, and that's melissalacy.com. And um, you can catch me on Instagram, Melissa Lacey, and I have a very weird spelling. Um, it's M E L I S A L A Y C Y. All right. So uh, I'll also throw that into the into the notes of the podcast as well for everyone to catch it. And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. And hopefully everyone that's been listening, hopefully you guys liked it. So let's call this one and let's bring this one to an end for uh, episode five of the Red Pill Initiation Hour. And keep it easy, guys. Keep woke as fuck. And I'll catch you next time. Peace.